All right, friends. Hello, and welcome back to One in Twenty Six podcast. I have Vanessa here with me today, who's going to share her epilepsy story. So I hope that you are inspired by her story. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to message me. I'm also going to put Vanessa's Instagram handle in the show notes, so you can definitely follow her. So, hey, Vanessa, thanks for hello. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, I was saying that you are my first Canadian guest, so that's pretty exciting. Yes. Um, so I know that I'm just going to jump straight into it. I know that you were diagnosed with epilepsy when you were 10. Can you share a little bit about the experience and how you came to that? Like, what was your first seizure like? Totally. Um, I just, I remember that the day my mom was like coming in to the bathroom while I was brushing my teeth. And she said, I just like was putting the toothpaste on my toothbrush and I kind of just stopped. And she was like, what's happening? Like, she didn't know what was going on. Like it took a couple like researching seizures really to know that, oh my gosh, she's having a seizure. I was just like having an absent seizure. And then I came back and like finished putting the toothpaste on my toothbrush. And I, it's so funny because I still remember that day. And I think it's because like, that's the day I got diagnosed with epilepsy. So it was like a huge way of, you know, eye-opening in a way. And like some of my friends knew and they like were supportive. So that was good, but it was just, it was a crazy time. Like you're young still and still getting to know stuff like that, you know, does that make yeah. sense? So was, was it just an isolated absence seizure or did they start happening a lot? Yeah. So like my mom noticed it the first time and then she's like, okay, like, we'll see how it is. Maybe it's just like a one-time thing. And then it kept happening. So she's like, okay, we need to, you know, see what's going on. Like something's going on. Right. Like, so. Yeah. So she took you to a neurologist or do you yeah. have an epitologist up in Canada? We like, I've heard of them, but I don't have one. I just have a neurologist. Okay. Um, so maybe that means we don't have them. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how are you like officially diagnosed? Did you have like a video of your seizure and you showed them or were you actually having seizures in the office for him yeah. or her to see? Yes. I was having them at the doctor's office. So that kind of was like, I guess a good thing because then she could actually see, okay, like this is an absence seizure. We're thinking she has epilepsy, right? Like that's when I was diagnosed. So so that's, it's crazy how that happened too. It was like right there in front of her, but yeah, that really doesn't happen very often. And like, yeah. I know that there's, we kind of joke about it, but not really, it's not really funny that, um, most EEGs are quote unquote normal. Yeah. No evidence of seizure activity. Um, and we're really lucky and happy when you actually have something, some data to totally. show that you're not crazy, you know? Totally. Yes. So how often were you having absent seizures? I, that's a good question. I'm sure I was having like in my younger years when I was first diagnosed, I don't remember a lot, but going into like my teenage years, I was still having them. Like when I wake up in the morning and I'm just like getting ready to go to school or whatever, I could like feel myself having them. 
and it's usually in the morning. And sometimes, you know, I'm good for like in 30 minutes, I'm fine. And I'm ready to take on the day. Like, it's just so sporadic sometimes, but I remember getting them in the morning when I was like in high school, like early high school. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much when I started seeing them. Yeah. Now, when you, do you only have absence seizures? Is that your only type? No, they're just like more, more common, but like, I do have tonic clonic seizures as well, but those are mostly controlled by like, just when I'm like avoiding my seizure or my, my triggers, um, which is like, if I don't get enough sleep or if I drink, which I don't, um, I have to drink so much water every day for my meds because they dehydrate me. Mm-hmm. But all in all, it's like right now I'm like five months seizure free, which is yeah. amazing. So That's awesome. Um, congratulations. That's Thank cool. you. <laughs> now, what type of medicine are you on? I'm on Lamotrigine. Okay. I've literally not med since I was diagnosed. They've never changed it to Keppra. They've never switched it to anything else. Is that the generic for Lamictal? Or is that yeah. completely different medicine? Wait, I don't know. That's a good question. I think so. I'm not, yeah. I'm not hundred percent. Don't quote me. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting that that's great. So I actually have a girlfriend that her daughter started have, has had, she's like had, um, seizures for absence seizures for a while. She's she, I think she's like seven, eight, I'm going to totally oh, okay. watch it. Um, but then she started having tonic clonics and she reached out and was asking questions, but I believe that that's the medicine that she's on too. And she's found some relief. Um, she's had a couple yeah. of breakthroughs, but it's a lot less scary now that there is some sense of control. Right. So that's really great that you've been on one medicine and you don't have to deal with any type of med changes. Yes. Yeah. I'm very grateful in that way. Um, cause I know that can be a nightmare for some of us is just sure. like being and what works, what doesn't like a guinea pig, right? Like just experimenting what works with our bodies <laughs> and our brains. Yeah. And unfortunately the medicine's really expensive or unavailable. Um, it just really depends. Or sometimes people can't take the generic because it doesn't mm-hmm. work the same or, Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody's so different. So yeah, that's that's awesome that you are able to have one and didn't have to go through that roller coaster. Yeah. Um, I let me, I was I lost my train of thought. Oh, so when in Canada, when you were in high school, were you under any type of driving restrictions because of your absence seizures or no? so I I got an okay from my doctor because I had to be like six, six months seizure free in order to like get my driver's test Mm -hmm. and I was, so that was great. And, um, I got my driver's license and, but I didn't drive as much. So it didn't really like impact me very well, like that, that much. My mom, we had one car. I didn't really drive. I just wanted it for ID and stuff. Right. So, um, but I did get my license taken away twice because of my seizures, which really is really unfortunate, but like, I should be getting it back when I'm six months seizure free, which is yeah. So one more month, right? Yeah. 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 I've had that happen to me a few times too. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So back in Virginia, when I lived in Virginia, they have, it's like self-report, right? So you're okay. technically supposed to report, but nobody really does. Well, someone else reported my seizure. Oh. Yeah, that's exactly. So <laughs> I, so every six, six months, I have to submit a health record form to 
verify that I've been seizure free. Oh, um, not anymore. Cause I don't live in that state anymore, but That's I remember good. when I first moved to Kentucky, um, and I changed my license over, I think a couple months later, I got a letter in the mail from Virginia saying that my license has been suspended. So I can, if I ever wanted my license to be reinstated in Virginia, which I don't plan on moving back there, I would have to resubmit a health form. And I was just like, I told my husband, I was like, you know, we don't like, I don't even see that doctor anymore. Like, that's yeah, exactly. Nice, you Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's different in every state. So Virginia was six months. Um, Kentucky is three months. Now, fortunately, I've been seizure free as long as I lived here. So I didn't, ha- I don't have to worry about that. But yeah, now it's curious, like to me, that each state is so different. Um, three months just feels like not enough time. Now, yeah, if I actually didn't have my license, I'd probably feel like three months is forever. But compared to six months or some places, it's a year. I think New York yeah. is a year. It's just so different every it state. Is. I wonder why. Is it because of the education is not there and they just slap a random, a random number? Totally. What do you think? Yeah, that's I couldn't have said it better. And I think it's here in Canada too. Like the provinces are a little different. I lived in the province next to us, Ontario. That's where we grew up, and then we moved here to Manitoba for work. And I think it was three months in Ontario and now it's six months here in Manitoba. So it just, it's different every, every doctor I go to as well. So, but there is a difference in between provinces. Like there is States for you guys, like it's weird. Yeah. So throughout high school, I mean, you had said that you had seizures like in the morning, but you would, sometimes you would still be able to get it together and then carry on your day. Now were you able to live a quote unquote normal high school life and college like how how was your epilepsy when you were in college with the late night study sessions and all of that yeah so funny story that's actually (laughs) my first tonic clonic seizure was I was in college and I feel like looking back like high school didn't really impact me because you know I wasn't out drinking late really like I was just hanging with friends normally I guess and once you get to college you want to go to bars and stuff with your girlfriends and you don't want to feel excluded and that's definitely what I did (laughs) and I paid for it though so that's when I had my first tonic-clonic seizure I was actually living with my roommates in college and they knew I had epilepsy but they didn't know what to do when a seizure uh, if I had a seizure and that was my first one so I felt terrible too because they witnessed that without me educating them and so yeah but after that one that was my first one and it was I was 19 and I've been diagnosed at 10 right like it's Mm -hmm. just gradually came to that point and were you ever told by your doctor that you could potentially have tonic clonics no no they've never warned me about that as as Mm. far as it was just absent seizures right so in a way I mean, it's great that your roommates knew that about your absence seizures, maybe because they're more noticeable because you kind of freeze when you're in the middle of doing something. Totally. Uh, so, but yeah, I don't think I would have, I would have shared now. So I had seizures when I was like born in the NICU cause I was a preemie. And then mm-hmm. when I was in kindergarten, I think, or first grade, I had one, but then I went until I was 20 21, 21, until I was 21, um, without having one. So 
yes, I had to go to the doctors and do all this stuff like every year, or I think it was at one point it was more, but I was off medicine, like probably going into middle school. Like they thought I outgrew it. They thought it was just childhood, whatever. Right. Um, so nobody knew. Um, and I, so my breakthrough tonic clonic, which I only have tonic clonic seizures, thankfully, um, is, uh, I was pregnant with my oldest and my son's father had no idea like what to do. Like he literally oh. smacked me because he thought it was faking, which is awful, but is also why I educate about seizure first aid, because I don't want totally. that to happen to anybody. I mean, he was like, I'm not defending him whatsoever, but like, I'm sure he was scared and he just didn't know what to do. So he was like yeah. trying to shake me or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like I didn't tell anybody because I thought I was, I, I didn't have it. I thought that I outgrew it. So why would I tell my roommate? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and same for you. Like, why would you, why would you tell your roommates about first aid when yeah. you never thought you would have one? But I think that's important for people with epilepsy to know is there is a chance that you could have a different type of seizure yes. and to have that seizure first aid plan and that, um, just awareness and education on what to do. I mean, really there's not much that you can do. And I know that sounds, I mean, mm -hmm. it sounds bad, but keeping the person safe and just yeah. making sure when they come out of it, that they feel safe and they're not embarrassed, yeah. you know, the, all yeah. that good stuff. Exactly. Um, and you know, it just depends on the person, but some people don't want 911 called every single time. Um, but yeah, different things like that. But I, it was, that's what I was curious about that. Like the doctor thing. Now, when you were first diagnosed, were you told about like suit up at all? No. And I, I posted the other day. I don't, I don't know if I, uh, if you read it, but it's, I talked about suit up mm -hmm. and I actually didn't, wasn't educated with that until like a couple years ago. I remember reading it. Like we were living in a different apartment. So I like remember being on, I don't know, Instagram, maybe something like that. And I saw it and I was like, oh my God, did you know this was a thing? I said to my husband, like, what? So I was never educated at all when I first di was diagnosed. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I have a really close relationship with my epitologist now. Um, nice. I've been, yeah, I've been seizure free for um, over seven years and he oh has been the only epitologist that I've liked. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, and I really respect him because he's younger, he specializes in epilepsy and he really listens to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though like, I've really, I have the normal symptoms of, you know, memory loss and kind of like lose my train of thought a lot, like that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, but I really don't have major problems thankfully so when I have my yearly appointments with him it's more like a counseling venting session yeah. Um, yeah. I think he does listen to this podcast so if he does listen to this episode it's gonna be really funny That's but awesome. um <laughs> yeah so we kind of collaborate and about advocacy work locally too um but he um he just, I keep my appointments with him because he's very popular and it's really hard to get an appointment with him. Yeah. But we talked about that. We talked about suit up and how it's not education. Edu it's not taught to the patients. Yeah. And he 
and I know he's not speaking for every single doctor, but he said that the reason is, is because it's already so scary enough that they don't want to add that extra layer of fear. But I've talked to parents and they, they want to know, like mm -hmm. they were very upset when they've, cause that's one of the big things that I share when people reach out to me is I share the risks and how to keep yeah. them safe. And the longer you're seizure free, the less likely it will happen. And, um, you know, the biggest thing to remember is that epilepsy is a, a broad spectrum. Mm. Um, everybody's epilepsy is so different. E even though all of us fit under this one big umbrella that's called epilepsy, there's so many different causes or there's no cause. So really the SUDEP label is slapped on a person that has seizure history when they can't figure out why. Um, so yeah, I think it's super important for people to know. I was not told about it when I was little or when I was like, quote unquote, re-diagnosed in my twenties. And okay. again, just like you, I went off to college, drank, yeah. smoked, like yeah. I did not take care of myself. I was overweight. I was not eating healthy. I wasn't sleeping, uh, well at all. I was not taking care of myself. Um, I've never really had super, a lot of seizures, um, the most is like every year. Okay. Um, which doesn't seem like a lot when I compare it to some people, but I definitely was having them when I was in a high stressed relationship, a toxic relationship and not taking care right. of myself. So like you, I minimize the triggers and I make sure get sleep. Yeah. I try to exercise, eat healthy ish. Um, yeah. Now, do you eat keto or do you have a, any type of diet you follow or? I have never tried keto, um, but I was looking into it for a while, but I don't think it's diet that really affects me in a way. So mm -hmm. I've been pretty like, okay with eating not healthy, but still healthy. <laughs> right. Right. And not bad about it, but still getting exercise and stuff. Um, but no, I haven't tried keto and I actually worked at a daycare here. Okay. And, um, one of the kids there, she was about three years old and she had epilepsy. So me and her mom really like bonded in that way. And she was on keto and her mom said, yeah, we'll keep her on keto. Like she was been on keto since birth. And it's crazy. I said like, just relating oh, wow. to since talking. Birth? Wow. Well, I guess early yeah. in yeah. Right? Like, or whatever, but she said, well, they'll never go back. And I was like, well, look, if it's working, like keep it, keep going. Right. <laughs> Yeah. There's so many resources out there that helps, especially kids. Um, the Charlie foundation is a huge point of contact for people who want information on how to help their kids. Yeah. Um, I've tried, I mean, for me, I've been seizure free for, and who knows, like, I think mine is very much into like stress and mm -hmm. that's my main trigger, not necessarily food, but I think, um, I mean, I've tried keto supplements and they, they're great with like the, the focus and the mental clarity, but the actual okay. diet, I've never really, I didn't know ate. there was like you could take for that. Well, it's a drink. It's like a key, a ketone drink that you can. Oh. Yeah. There's several on the market, but, um, and like, of course I like to drink, um, I'm a big coffee drinker and I Me too. like drinking, <laughs> uh, putting MCT oil. Like I'm, I do like having more, um, healthy foods for your brain. Like, I really think that since my, you know, I, I'm not speaking for myself, but like my brain is, has been, um, 
I got brain damage up there. Um, mm-hmm. Eating those type of foods that help with the brain, like salmon and avocado and like all that good stuff. Um, and MCT oil just helps. I mean, when you eat that stuff, you have to be careful, like to not eat super carby at the same time, because yeah. you know, then you get the extra sugar and blah, blah, blah. But, um, I mean, I'm not necessarily keto for sure. Yeah. Like I just listened to a podcast of there's a psych psycho psychiatrist, but, but something else I'm not sure, but he talked a lot about that. Uh, but how your brain regenerates and the hippocampus uh, produces like billions of cells every single day. Oh, and wow. you can um, feed your brain those f- foods and it can help, um, like it can help rebuild it. And yeah. I, you know, I'm not saying that's a cure, but I think anything we can do to help the function totally. of it is important. And he, uh, he has like clinics around the nation and he, um, could do brain scans. I've really, I've kind of thought about getting my brain scan just to figure out. That would, that would intrigue me too. I'd be like, it's here. Like, why not? Yeah. Like just to see how old my brain actually is. Like, that's what he was. It's like how old you are and then how old your brain and what we can do to make it younger. Like I'm 37. Well, I'll be 37 next month. So it's like, how is my brain like 80? Yeah. But yeah, I've always said too that when I pass away, like I want my brain to be donated to science so they can like look and see exactly that's cool. I could help someone else, you know. But um yeah, yeah. okay, so let's get back to you. So tell me a little bit about when you met your husband. Did you were and this is a huge question that I get all the time too, is when how when did you let your husband know that you had epilepsy and did it impact your relationship at all? Ooh, that's a good question. Actually, and I I already made the mistake of saying husband, but technically he's my fiance. (laughs) But like, I just call him my husband. But anyways, we met in high school. So when I was still having those absent seizures, um, I honestly don't even remember when I told him. We were dating. It was probably later in our relationship. Like I didn't tell him right away, Um, but he was fine with it. Like he was just like, okay, like, we'll take it day by day. And he was just, he's so supportive still to this day. And it's awesome. But it's funny looking back on that. Like you said, like, when was the first time you told him? And I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. When did I tell him? Like, I don't yeah. even remember. It definitely yeah. was at the start of our relationship. Or it did was- he like, just see it? And you're like, oh yeah, that's just one of my things <laughs> that happens. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, me. that's my epilepsy. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah not early in our relationship he didn't uh witness anything so that's probably a plus that he didn't yeah now did your absence seizures impact you at school like for listening to lectures or because so are you cognitively aware during the app the seizure like I know when I'm having them okay I can Mm -hmm. feel it on and then I have it and then I come back and I'm like Oh, what happened? I just had one kind of thing. So, um, I mean, school was okay. Like, I feel like that didn't really, um, have an effect. Like obviously sleep was one and that's what I'm still made sure to do is get sleep. But, um, 
I, I, I was fine going to school late or staying at school late and, you know, getting up for early classes. So I just think back and I'm like, how did I survive those days? Like, I feel like if I did that now, I'd be like toast. Yeah. I say that too. <laughs> my uh, two of my best friends. Um, so the college that I went to, I commuted, I didn't live on campus. So okay. when I, and I, my, it was my senior year when I had my breakthrough seizure. And so I couldn't drive for six months and it was like home stretch. Like I had to finish school because I was pregnant and I like, I needed to (laughs) finish, but my best friends were commuters as well. And they drove me. Like I somehow got my schedule to be only two days a week that I had to be on campus, but it was packed. So I literally had to, I lived an hour from campus too. So I had to like finagle and they, they, I mean, they drove me every day. Like I, they're so, they're lifesavers, but um, yeah, like, I don't know how I did that. Like, I I don't know how it, it happened, but it did, especially since it was, you know, I don't think I had a lot of downtime between the breakthrough seizure and going back to class. I mean, I really yeah. don't, I really don't think I've had a chance to really take a break, which yeah. now thinking about it is like, holy crap, you know, like yeah. the most recent seizure, it's like, it takes me like a week to get back to normal. You know, my brain is all over the place and yeah. <sighs> yeah. Totally. So it's like, and most of mine are nocturnal. So me and my husband were long distance for two years. And my, my last one, seven and a half years ago, um, it was at night and I was pregnant and I like, couldn't remember. Um, I couldn't remember. I woke up and I was like, I think I had one. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I had to like put the pieces (laughs) together and it took me like almost a week to feel better. Cause yeah. for me, I, um, only like one person, like Tom, my husband has never seen me have one. He's seen people have it before. Like he's witnessed it and he knows what to do. He actually knows a lot more than I knew when I first started educating people. Um, but yeah, I've oh, it's so- crazy. My oldest yeah. son saw me have one, um, when he was little. So yeah. And he actually, one of my seizures, he came, he came into the room and he said that like, I fell off the bed and he said he saw me on the floor. Um, so that's kind of scary, but, uh, cause he was yeah. little, but besides that, like, I don't, I don't know how I did it, <laughs> really, yeah. but I think it was because I was like in my twenties, you know, like back in the, my twenties, you're like young yeah. and hip and you can go party, you know, like, <laughs> go. And I, you know, I used to be a waitress and worked until like 1am and then go out to the club until close and then wake up the next morning and work a full shift. Like how did I do that? Like no wonder I, I, well, no wonder why I had breakthrough seizures, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So do you have any animals at all? Do you have pets? I forgot to ask you that before we started recording. I, I don't, but I've okay. seriously in, like, you know, a therapy dog or like mm-hmm. a just dog with that we can train for seizure first aid or something, mm-hmm. because I had a seizure in August and it was, when, it was when I was home by myself, like my husband wasn't here. And I said, you know, like in that particular situation, like a companion yeah 
help me. Right. Like, seriously, I don't know if there was a video that I saw recently. It was in Ottawa, Ontario, a dog, like the owner fell and had a seizure and the dog, like, um, ran into traffic and like stopped the car so they could help her. It's like, yeah, I was like, Oh my gosh, look like they, they can actually help you. Like, I know it's a, but like just seeing that, like really eye opening. Yeah. And, um, well, I have, I have dogs, but they're not trained. Um, episode three of this podcast, when I talked to destiny, her dog, Ramsey, she, um, did not train him, but he, he, he trained himself. So he, yeah. So she talks a lot about him and how he's basically her lifesaver when it comes to her seizures. Yeah. So that's a really good one. It makes everybody want to get a a seizure alert dog. Um, but no, I have three dogs. I mean, I haven't had them since I've had one. So who knows how they would react. Um, I say I have three dogs. No, I don't. I have two dogs. And then we have a foster dog. (laughs) We, We have foster dogs a lot. Um, so but yeah I don't have three I might have one a third because my husband fell in love with these huskies um so we might yeah he's always wanted a husky and the rescue that I volunteer with has a husky mix litter oh wow Um, and he's like we have to get one I'm like oh god okay (laughs) here we go yeah, let's just, yeah, well, why not add another? Um, but no, I've a, a few of, of a few people I've talked to have have the dogs. And even if it's not, even if they're not trained, I feel like dogs can help just help. Like, even if they're sitting next to you, I mean, I work in this, in a school and the therapy dogs for the kids who are very like have behavior issues. I mean, they are amazing. So I think any type of docile dog can help no matter if it can, you know, if it's trained, they can sense it, right? Like they can sense Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. And I I know you can get a dog through a program, um, but I'm all about the rescues. So totally, (laughs) totally. but yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your Instagram. Um, when did you transition to start really talking about your epilepsy to a social media platform? Like how did that happen? So, yeah, I was, I really liked putting like my milestones up there, like one month, one month seizure free, two months seizure free. And then I slowly became a part of the, like this community. And that's how I found all these, you know, other advocates out there that are doing that as on social social media as well. And I just got to think to my thinking to myself, you know, I can help people by doing this too. Like they're educating and um, spreading awareness. And that's what I wanted to do as well. And I kept doing that for a while. And then all of a sudden now I'm doing it even more and more. And I'm actually a part of Epilepsy Canada, which is a charity organization here. And I'm their um, epilepsy influencer. So I literally just promote events and um, spread awareness. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff, but like, That's awesome. it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's fun because it's like, I, I share it daily with everybody. Right. So it's like, I'm just helping more people and educating more people. And that's what I want to do. That's awesome. I yeah. didn't know that was a thing. That's cool. Now, I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. So is that, is that volunteer based or are you employed? No, it's volunteer. Yeah. 
Okay. So do which you is work? Still, I've re, like, there's so many people that I've connected with, which is amazing. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Um, have you, do you work full time? Like, are you able to work? I do. Yeah. I actually work in a school as well. I'm a oh. educational assistant. So I just help and oh, that's support. Right. You just say that you work with kids. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I work with the, um, students who need extra support and stuff. So I do, I am like privileged in that way that I can hold a job and like go, but there are days where I get up and I'm like, I can't go to work. Like I need to call in. Like, there's no way I can make it through the day. And, um, it's actually funny because a year into this job, I told, or no, maybe it was a couple months. Mario, my husband was like, you need to tell your boss that you have epilepsy. Like with what if something happens and they don't know what to do? That was my next question was, yeah, did you disclose it. <laughs> so he actually gave me the push and was like, you need to tell him. And I was, you know, in that stage where I'm embarrassed, like, I don't want to. And so I did. And they were like, they were like, oh, thank you for letting us know. Like I didn't know. I got a reaction that I was not expecting. I was just yeah. expecting you know, the worst, right? But they were very positive and supportive. Um, and yeah, there are days obviously where I can't go to work and I'm not able to do a day, like, and it's going to be really short notice, which I feel bad about, but I do work and that's great. Yeah. So yeah. how, how long have you been, um, absent seizure-free or is that not a thing in your life right now? Honestly, I don't know. Like, <laughs> It's okay. hard to tell, but like right now it's like, I'm on a good streak with the tonic clonic ones. And that's what I try to avoid. And I'm sure I haven't, like, I don't feel like I have had one in a while. And, um, I know Mario would obviously tell me, but right. he hasn't anything either. Like I was feeling so bad on Sunday yesterday. I had like a really bad day. I had a headache and stuff. And he kept checking on me and was like, you look fine. Like you're okay. Like, mm -hmm relax. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's just too, right. When I feel that I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel the worst, feel the worst. And I'm like, oh my God, am I going to get one? Like, so I'm just have to like learn to chill a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And learn to slow down and yeah, totally. relax and take naps if you need to. And yeah, the reason why I asked that is because I want people to understand that you can live a normal, mm -hmm. quote unquote, normal life, like what is normal anyways, but you can live a right. normal life and still have these type of seizures. Um, yes, it might put you down for a day here or there, but for the most part, it doesn't impact your daily life. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's why I asked that is for, to stress that it's not an end all for you. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So you started advocating and, um, sharing and making reels and yeah. I think a lot of people have probably seen your awesome a couple reel. Um, <laughs> yeah so I thought that was so cool uh, but yeah I think uh, the platform is so awesome to connect everybody and I'm so glad that we connected um, I always ask people on that I interview is if you were to talk to the newly diagnosed Vanessa or someone like I'm sure you've had these conversations what is mm -hmm. something that you would share um like that you know now that you wish you knew back then what is something that you would share um I would just you know probably say you know I know it's scary right now but um it's going to be all worth it in the end you're strong enough to do this and 
I'm, th- I'm thinking about that right now. Like I didn't know I would come to this point where I would want to talk about it every day. Right. I just wanted mm-hmm. to hide it. So I would just probably tell the young me, you know, don't worry, we'll get there. It's scary, but you're tough and you got this. Right. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And to not hide it. Like that's what, for me, I would say that like, don't hide it. Tell people yeah. it's not the end that's- of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's uh- better for people to know than people not to know. And then not know what to like, like you said, not to not know what to do in this situation. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Yes. Thanks, Jamie. This was great. Can we listen? thanks for listening as always i know that you have literally hundreds of shows that you can listen to so i 100 percent appreciate every single listen every single one of you You can find me at Jamie Wissinger on all social media platforms and I will see you next week.